Welcome back to the couch, ladies and gentlemen, joined here today by Jordan and Max, per usual. Uh, fellas, how are we? Doing well. Doing very well. Glad to hear it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. NBA is hot right now. Uh, it's all over the news. Um, but first, before we get into the main stories and main headlines of the NBA, uh, I think uh, we all kind of want to rant about our Celtics a little bit right now um, on a little bit of a skid. They're not playing their best basketball. However, they are beating the Cavs in the moment, uh, 102-91 without Tatum, Horford, or um, Rob Will. Williams. So yeah. that's that's a pretty impressive pretty impressive game so far. Brogdon has 22, Brown has 25. Um, I might be the biggest Malcolm Brogdon fan on the planet. But uh, let's talk about the Celtics, uh, the the situation they're in. They're a game and a half back of first to the Bucks right now. Um the Bucks are playing unbelievable. Obviously, securing that first seed is is vital in the playoffs, and it's going to be crucial uh, to gain home court advantage throughout the entire course of the playoffs. But at this rate, it doesn't look like the Celtics are going to get there the way they're playing and the way that the Bucks are playing as well. Um, but specifically, guys, I think we should talk about the game last night, the the Knicks-Celtics double overtime game. It was a phenomenal game, regardless of the outcome. It was still a great basketball game to watch. Uh, unfortunately, the Celtics could not get it done, but – um, they, 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 we just have not been playing our best basketball, Jordan, have we? No, not at all. And I thought, you know, this year we, we changed a lot of stuff in, in a good way in terms of our offense and our execution. And a lot of the things that we always complained about last year and, and years before, um, you know, since we've had Tatum and, and since we've kind of grown up with watching Tatum and Jalen grow together, we always were so mad at how we ran offense at the end of games and, and going to that ISO ball and straying away from our normal offense, which is very ball movement heavy, screen heavy, cut heavy, and it's beautiful. And our normal offense that we run throughout the whole game is is awesome. I, I love it. No complaints at all. Um, and in past years, it just it seems like in the playoffs, we we just give the ball to Tatum or, or Brown and we just let them go to work. And that either works or it doesn't. And for me, it feels like it doesn't more often than not for whatever reason. But this game, this Knicks game was just exactly the same thing. And I, I thought we had moved past that, which is why it's frustrating because we hadn't been doing that um, nearly as much this year. And when we did do it, our guys usually pulled through and, and hit the shots they needed to. But Tatum really struggled last night, shot 12 for 30, took 17 threes, made six. That I, I don't like that. I don't like that he took 17 threes. I, I don't think that's his game. Um, I know it was double OT, but still, I, I just think that's that's a bit of a force and, and too much. Um, but yeah, I, I I was upset with our execution at the end of the game. Um, the the play where Grant Williams and and Jalen were kind of not on the same page. We had to call a yeah, timeout. Grant that was, fucked that up. Yeah. So I I just I don't know. I don't like how we ran offense at the end of that game. But what'd you guys see? Um, I don't really like the no timeouts from Joe Missoula. I think I agree. we get put. I think he does it to kind of get us to get back and get out of the hole that we dug ourselves into. But I mean, I don't know if the team has really responded positively to that at all. And I think that's why we blow so many leads because the Celtics just blow leads. They get big leads, and they. Um, I I feel like there's this crucial point where you need to call a timeout when a team's starting to go on this run. And if you watch coaches like Spolstra or Popovich or Rick Carlisle, all those guys, they 
they blow the they call the timeout at the right time, right when the team's starting to go gain momentum. And Missoula just doesn't do that. And I think that's kind of what contributes to these blown leads all the time is uh, we need to kind of get someone in there to kind of change what's going on, and that's not happening. Yeah, we allowed ourselves to go from about, I think it was like up 13 to down 11 and like throughout yeah. the course of the third quarter or early into the – well, they hit the shot at the end of the third quarter to go up one and then ended up increasing that lead to like 11 throughout the course of the fourth quarter. But for me, it was just I, – I don't understand why we can't run our fluid offense every time down the floor. You know, like if Tatum's having an off night, which like obviously he's a phenomenal player and he can ISO, but when he's not ISOing well, I don't know if it's a sense of stubbornness on his part. I don't know if this is coaching from Missoula, but it's like we just got to get back to our sets and that gives us like that create wide open chances for us. Uh, Al Horford has been a sniper from distance. And if we can keep getting him more open looks through, you know, running our solid sets and we're going to be okay, but it's like, when shit goes to seem like when shit goes bad and we don't call timeouts, I just feel like our offense goes to shit as well. Like we start yeah. running ISO ball every time down the floor. And if it's not our night, we're kind of fucked. It seems like the best case scenario when we went ISO last night was two free throws. Like Tatum yeah. would find a way to get into lane and get fouled. Like that's that's about the best case scenario um that we saw last night from the ISO ball. But overall, it's just our I'm not a fan of the way we're playing on offense. Obviously, missing Rob Will on defense uh, as a defensive anchor, getting rebounds seemed to be a massive struggle last night. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson is a you know dominant force in the paint, but still seemed like a lot of miscues, like not a lot of boxing out. Um, and I think there's a sense of like, I don't know why, it just kind of feels like the Celtics feel as though they're just good enough to beat teams and uh, like just they should just be able to beat teams every night instead of going out and actually competing and proving that they can beat these teams every night and proving that they are, um, you know, the best team in the NBA like they did throughout, you know, basically throughout uh, the first half of the entire season until the All-Star break. Yeah, and another thing too is um, how do you guys feel about the Tatum issue? I know he hasn't been playing great, and I always look at it like the other team's whole thing on defense is to stop him. So I'm okay if he doesn't have a bunch of great games in a row just because, one, I mean, he's not in, a, in his prime yet. He's still got some growing to do. I know that's been a meme, but he legitimately is not. And I think your prime is like that 25 to 27 range. I believe he's, what, 24, 25? So he's... Just turned 25. Just turned 25, yeah. So I think 26, 27, and at the tail end of 25, I guess, are kind of where you hit your prime. And obviously he's like a year away from that. Then, like I mentioned, I mean, team's whole defensive things are to stop him fully. And I'm okay with him not having great nights. Uh, we just need the other guys to step up. And it never feels like you have five guys on the Celtics in double figures. It always feels like it's Tatum, Brown, and then someone else. But we need guys like Grant to step up. Derek White's been stepping up recently, and he he wasn't in during crunch time, which I thought was weird. Did you guys think that was weird? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Jordan, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, uh, Joe Mazzulla came out and, and said he, he messed up and he should have played Derek White. Yeah, I I don't like the Grant there because Grant was having an awful game and he wasn't even contributing to the game positively. I mean, he was getting these fouls. He hit like one three, but he and really quickly, didn't. Have... Quickly was absolutely cooking Grant. Quickly, yeah, quickly, wow. quickly's feet were too quick for Grant to stay in front of him, and all yeah. they did was just get Grant on either straight up or off of a switch and just attack him. I mean. 
you put Derek White in there, he's at least faster and a better defender at at that time. Like, Grant is stronger, so he's better against the big guys, but he's not strong, fast enough to go against the smaller guys. So I think Derek White in there, one, he was hot. Two, he, maybe he doesn't mess up that last play and he's a little bit smarter than Grant right now. I mean, Grant's really young too, so I don't know. There's there's a lot of changes that the Celtics need to make. Uh, I think it starts with coaching. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I'm i not a huge fan of Grant in general, uh, although he actually is playing pretty solid tonight. He just seems to, you know, sometimes just take up space and, and commit a lot of fouls and just not be as useful as he should be sometimes. For I hate he asks for, he asks a for review, review on that. every possession and it's a foul basically so every goddamn Luca. time. So does Luca. Yeah, they're they're both pretty bad with that. But it's uh I just feel like Brogdon provides a lot more than Grant does. Uh he moves his feet a lot better and he's obviously way more prolific on offense. I don't understand why Brogdon or White isn't in at the end of the game. I'm a Brogdon guy personally over White and Grant Williams. Uh, I, I obviously we didn't have him against the Knicks. Uh, mm-hmm. but tonight, I mean, he's playing out of his mind without Tatum. Uh, I think he has about like 24 points. Oh, we're going to blow the lead. Of course. Uh, he's got 24, three. What's the score rebounds. right now? We're up four with a minute 45. Gee, so like two, so literally no joke, like five minutes ago, we were up 12. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Brogdon has 24 tonight on eight of 14 shooting three of six from three, five of five from the line, one turnover and three fouls. I mean, he is playing very, very well. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his over, like I just said. Derek White and Grant Williams. Um, but the lack of substitutions throughout the course of overtime in the end of the fourth quarter, uh, even the announcers, you know, touched on it when Smart fouled out and Derek yeah. White came in for him late uh, in, the, in the second overtime. The announcers were saying how, like, that's the first sub in a very, very long time for either team. And it's like, it's not like we, you know, the Knicks don't really have a bench guy that can come in and produce like that in OT or double OT, but we do. Uh, and, and clearly something wasn't working. And it just, you know, needed to be switched and didn't. I, I just will say one more thing about the Celtics before we move on. The biggest thing for me is the offense, where it's like, you know, we went down 11, which is, you know, okay, runs are going to happen. It's the, it's basketball. That's it's a game of runs. But we would go down, we were down seven. We got about four or five stops in a row, and it was ISO either for Tatum or Brown fourth time, four or five times in a row down the floor. What, fucking take the time, run a good offense. You don't need to get it all back in one play. Run your solid sets and get open looks for everybody. Like, it's not going to be the Tatum and Brown show in the playoffs. That's not going to work. Like, this this type of offense we're running is not going to work in the playoffs. And I think, you know, because we're in a position to where a ring is, like, our – is very realistic and it's within grasp, mm-hmm. we need to be very, like, you know, very critical and very, um, you know, attentive to everything that's going on in the offensive end because that type of shit is just not going to fly against the Bucks. It's not even going to fly against the Cavs or possibly even the 76ers. And, you know, we got to get out of the East. Yeah. Um, just before we move on, let's let's talk a little bit about our panic levels or our concern levels with the Celts. Me and Max um, did a love cast a, about a week ago where uh, we picked our, our conference finals picks. And I picked the Celtics for in large part because I, I thought we were going to keep the one seed. Um, and, and I looked at our schedule and I thought, you know, we should take care of a lot of these teams. Um, and the Knicks included in that, and and we just didn't. We've been on a skid since then. So I'm now just a lot more skeptical about where we stand. I think if we don't have the one seed, I don't see us um, coming out of the East. So that's where I stand. What do you guys think, you know, in terms of playoffs and, and winning a championship? Uh, my pick was the Bucks, and I, I'm unfortunately feeling more solidified in that pick. First reason I'm panicking right now 
is because of what you said with the seeding. Every game matters. And if I really agree with you that if the Celtics don't get the two seed or they get the two seed, they don't get the one seed. I really do believe that there's they're not going anywhere now. That's a much harder path. And secondly, kind of what you touched on, Butsy, I'm also worried that with these lack of substitutions that Brown and Tatum are going to get worn down. I, I have, I'm have i a little bit nervous that they're going to be injured and miss some time during the playoffs because, I mean, first off, Rob Will can't stay healthy. Uh, he's a mini AD right now. He literally gets hurt. It's, it feels like once a month, and so he needs to rest back-to-back. Al Horford's an old man, so he obviously can't play back-to-back. Smart's had injury issues, and Tatum and Brown have already had injury issues, as well as Brogdon and Derek White. Basically, everyone's been injured, and I have a feeling that these non-substitutions are kind of a factor. So I, I'm pretty panicked with the Celtics right now. I think that we're going to miss and get to the second seed, and I have a feeling one of our guys might get injured. I'm, that's what my fear is. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Bucks as well, but I'm not as solidified with the Bucks as you guys. Uh, we proved that we could win games that like really matter. Uh, we won game seven in Miami last year. We won game six against the Bucks in Milwaukee. That was a do or die for us. So I, we're capable of winning those games. Um, but I just don't like how we're trending. Like we were at the yeah. end of last season, we were trending very much this way. Like after the all-star break, we were, you know, or just before the all-star break, and then second half of the season, we were the best team in the NBA, uh, and we, and we proved that. And then now it just seems like we're the best team in the NBA, and now we're just drastically on the decline. So I, I think if they can figure it out, uh, put a couple more solid wins together uh, towards the end of the season, I'll feel confident that the Celtics can do it. But right now I'm going to stick with the Bucs. Um, one more thing. Uh, by the way, Celtics are losing now, down one with 24 seconds left. Jesus, of course. Um, with 24 seconds left in the game? Yes, Oh my God! Yes. Uh, oh so my God. one more thing: the the lack of substitutions, I don't mind, and I don't think that's why guys are getting hurt. Uh, especially, I mean, like tonight's a rare case after a double overtime game where guys are playing fifty minutes and Tatum's out with a knee contusion, which means that he's just being a bitch. Uh, but like, no. you know, Al Al can't play back to back games. Robert Williams can't do that. Um, but like sam hauser i know that's your guy max we've debated about him on this show like ever since the summer i i I was a little too much on him i will i got a little hype song seeing those like training shot videos where he doesn't fucking miss he's yeah he played 20 minutes against the knicks he had three points three rebounds three assists one of four from the field one of four from three and three fouls and had a minus 16 plus minus efficient right there uh yeah no i i'm he when he can't shoot that's he's uh, not the greatest. So that's that's just like, and he played, and then also Grant Williams playing forty four minutes is crazy. Um, the fact that you know Pritchard didn't even see the floor. Obviously, Brogdon would have been a huge help in that game. But mind you, the Knicks also didn't have Brunson. How pissed do you think Pritchard is right now? They're on a losing streak, and he hasn't been touching the floor even. I mean, I would assume pretty pissed because I I think he should play over Sam Hauser. Uh, I know the matchups yeah. might not work that way, but he should absolutely be playing over Sam Hauser. So I mean, both of them are just going to get picked on defensively. Oh so. shit, we hit a three. We're up. We're up. We're up two with twelve seconds left. Let's go. I was Derek watching White this game. Be our best player. Yeah, Derek White might be our best player. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a cable, so I was watching this game um through other means and streamies. Uh, and it just kept crashing on me, so I had to forfeit this one. 
Alrighty, let's move on from the Celtics. Uh, I think I think we got a good Celtics. Can we talk in. Knicks real quick? I I don't know if they were on the agenda, but we kind of have to talk about them right now. I don't want to because my roommate has given me an earful for the last month and a half about how they're Dude, they're a, a really good basketball team. They might they might actually be not a contender, but they might go. They might. Be... So let me ask you a question. Let me let me throw out a yeah. question for you guys. Do you guys think that? the Knicks can beat the Cavs or the Sixers to get out of the first round. Yes, I do. A hundred percent. Confidently? Yes. I think that they could beat they can beat the Cavs for sure. I'm confident with that. Um the, the Sixers, I'm less confident, but I do I could see that happening. I I would not be shocked for the Sixers Jordan, one. What do you think, Jordan? I wouldn't pick the Knicks against either of them, but I think that Cleveland series would probably go so fun. I, I would have I would have that going seven, and I think that goes either way. That's that's a phenomenal series. I'm it's with Max. I think the Knicks are a really really good team. Dude, I Brunson's just, another level. Right. Brunson's another it. level right now. Josh Hart, the the what he brings to this team defensively yep. and offensively, and just his cohesion with, um, oh, what's his face, Brunson is you can just see it. Like they he changes this team. Emmanuel quickly. I mean, what he. What he did last night to the Celtics was, uh, was yeah. that yeah, that was last night. That was absurd what he did. And and, they, and we've hated on Julius in the past. I know he's playing so, so hard, so hard. Ugly. But dude, the I've guy just makes shots. Like, I know he just hits ridiculous shots all day, and he makes open shots. He makes contested shots. He makes layups. He makes step back threes. threes like he's six yeah. ten. He's strong as an ox like that guy he's is like tough to cover right now he kind of reminds me, me of like, every fucking word that i've said about him because i, I have know. hated his ass me too for so goddamn long and now he's just I, proving himself time and time again okay one his betting his overs is amazing i've i've been doing that i did it last night and it worked out nicely second um i still think that what we said is true though he i know they're winning right now but he can also easily lose you a game and he sort of reminds me of good marcus smart um, in terms of like Marcus, not this current version, but Marcus Smart, like two or three years ago, remember when he still thought he was as good as Brown and Tatum, and he would take all these shots, and he'd either hit them sometimes, but he most like a lot of times he missed. Julius Randle's like a better version of that. Like he takes a lot of dumb shots sometimes, and he sometimes loses you the game, but then he sometimes wins you the game. Um, I'm not super I think, confident. I I just think it's tough to say anything bad about Julius right he's now. So like, good, he's, doing, he's so good. He's doing everything so efficiently. Even his yeah, like bad yeah. chucked up shots go in like at a ridiculous that's, clip. So. That's why it's annoying. Saying. It's the, the like it's bad. Like fundamentally, it doesn't look right. And I yeah. don't think a part of it is right. It's just kind of going in right now. I hate <laughs> watching and he's ball. shooting like I hate watching him play because it's such bad basketball. But at the same yeah. time, he's shooting like fifty like, percent from the field. What is bad basketball if it works? That's the sad. That's the yeah, part yeah. that sucks uh, ass right now. But yeah, the I always the Knicks are legit. Yeah, the Knicks are legit. But my thing is, and I said this to my roommate, who's a diehard Knicks guy. Uh, it's like let let like let's see what you do in the playoffs. Like let's see what Julius can do in the playoffs. Like yeah. I want to see if 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 obviously it, the playoffs are a different atmosphere. It's different everything. It's a different style. It's a different speed. It's fucking hectic everyone's you know playing their balls off because every game matters uh and i want to see how the knicks respond in that kind of situation because they haven't been there really and when they were it was bubble year or kind of coming out of the bubble year and uh they lost to the hawks uh 4-2 i think the series ended so like or 4-1 maybe um but i want to see how the knicks can play in the playoffs uh we know they're on a tear right now they've won nine in a row i believe now 
Uh, so if they uh, can prove themselves in the playoffs, then I have absolutely nothing to say about them. But it just kind of stinks because the Celtics are trending this way and the Knicks could not be hotter right now. And also, yeah. I mean, you're getting in Brunson, who has playoff experience, like pretty deep playoff experience as yeah. well. I Conference tried to finals. look it up. I don't know. I don't know how much uh, playoff experience Josh Hart has because he's been moving around a lot. Uh, and I am trying to find the statistics right now, but I'm pretty sure he also has some playoff experience. And then, I mean, the rest of the team is relatively young. Also, we do have to talk about R.J. Barrett because he's been playing pretty well. I eh. thought he, I mean, he played well against the the Celtics. He had like 29, but yeah, he's been I, playing well. He, he I don't have think, big games. Yeah, he can have big games. I just don't think he's very, he's very consistent. I think he can definitely, he hurts the Knicks a lot of nights. You want yeah. to talk about a guy that's volatile? Like he can either, you know, really, really help him out and put up 30 or he's going to kill you and put up 10 and, and probably shoot like 25% from the field. True. So uh, he's been volatile. I've been a huge fan of his. I know my Knicks brethren are not a huge fan of his and they would not be pissed if he got shipped off. And um, what's his face? The uh, Mitchell Robinson too, coming back looking really good. He's, he's really good. He's so good. He's he's if he had a full season ahead of him, I, I would I would I just wish that we could see him like with this full season. I mean, I, I I think he's coming into it a little bit late, so he's getting into form now, but he's so freaking good. He is very, very solid. All right. Uh moving on from the Knicks and the Celtics and 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 in the East. Uh we got John Morant. We have a lot going on with Mr. John Morant right now. Uh flexed a gun on his Instagram live. Um he's being accused of punching a 17-year-old kid about like 15 times. I think it was yeah. something along those lines. So very serious and heavy accusations against him. Um, obviously, it's kind of sad because he has so much promise. He just came out with his own shoe. Everything was going so great for him. The Grizzlies were playing really well, but uh, ultimately his actions have caught up to him. So um, he's out indefinitely. Uh, the NBA suspended him two games, but uh, I think the Grizzlies said there's no timeline on his return right now. Uh, Brandon Clark obviously tore his Achilles, uh, which is sad for them. But, uh, Max, you want to talk about the job Morant situation a little bit and just your thoughts on it? Yeah, okay. Also, <laughs> thrown in with that is um, he got into it with, like, a grizzly security guard or something. So that's the third story that came out. And then I just saw that the police are actively looking into that. Or they're investigating State that of Colorado because, opened it, yeah. Yeah, because I think he had the gun. Uh, I, I, I I think he crossed state lines with it. So Proposedly, I don't, I don't know anything, so don't sue me. But, um. Just talking about the John Morant situation, I mean, there's no point in us sitting here, one, being younger than him, two, having less fame than him, and three, growing up in the way that we grew up compared to how he grew up. There's no point in us sitting here and telling him how dumb it, it what he doing, what he is doing is. I mean, that doesn't really benefit anyone, I, and you guys have all heard it from every other person. Like, that's everyone's standard take is um, you're being a dumbass. You need your millions are on the line. I think he knows that. Um it is dumb. Everything he's doing is dumb. I and I agree with what everyone's saying. I just don't think that we all need to tell him that. I think he gets it now. Um, as for the Grizzlies as a whole, I think they have this swagger about them as a team, where th this is a bunch of really young guys that are, and a lot of those guys, a couple of Jaw in particular is a star. So when you have when you're young like that and you kind of take on this bad boy persona as a team, and then you don't really have this veteran uh, player in the locker room. I know that's another take that everyone's throwing out there, but it does it does matter. Like Steven Adams is a is like a veteran, but he's also relatively young. He's like in his twenties still. They need like an old head on this team to kind of get everything in. And 
I mean, that doesn't ex- excuse any of their behavior, but I think this team defs desperately needs to get humbled. And I think this is a humbling enough thing where I, th- I see, I think they tighten up ship and everything will be fine. And I actually, I know it's scary for jaw right now and it's not a good time for him, but I'm kind of happy it happened like this. Hopefully I don't want him to get in any trouble. I hope n- nothing happens to him. And if it stays at present stance, I hope that the Grizzlies as a team, like figure it out and jaw figures it out and real and, you know, smartens up and does whatever he needs to do to fix it. I think they will. And as a basketball fan, I think that's what you guys should want to as well. Yeah. Touching on Steven yeah. Adams a little bit. He came out the other day and said, um, or a quote was released or something came out on Twitter today that I saw. It was about Steven Adams saying the team needs to like basically just cool the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happened a few days before jaws incident. So Steven Adams, you know, he is young, but he has been around the block. Mm-hmm. Many a times, uh, obviously, he was on the OKC Thunder when they were uh, making the finals, or just after he was on the teams. Anyways, he played with KD Russ. Um, he's seen, he's been around a bunch of young teams. He's gone through the ringer a few times, um, and obviously, you know, he's tried to bring his influence, or bring his experience, uh, and what it takes to win to this young Grizzlies team, and and it has not really worked. But it's also, you know. He's young. They're all famous. They're all rich. They have so much going for them right now, and they're fucking really good basketball team. Uh, yeah. So you know, I like I think you hit the nail on the head where it's like this is a very humbling experience for this Grizzlies team. I know that obviously they didn't want it to happen this way, um, but even when they lost, they weren't getting very humbled. So hopefully that this can calm them down a little bit, bring them down a peg, uh, so that they can play good basketball. Uh, they can continue to play good basketball. Um, and just be a fun team to watch because right now that there's the most hated team in the league. Yeah, and um, I kind of wish they got Kevin Love. I, I think he would have been a nice kind of person to just throw in there. He one fits pretty seamlessly as a player, and then two, if you like, have that just kind of veteran presence in there, guys actually won. Um, I think that's good. Also, I know we know we don't know a bunch about coaches, but I do know about Taylor Jenkins. I'm a big fan of his, and. Obviously, I'm not in there in the room, but he kind of seems like a relatively soft-spoken guy who's kind of keeps to himself. Seems he seems kind of quiet. And I almost wonder if they need. No, I'm not saying they should replace the coach, but I wonder like if they just needs a, a veteran because of that. Because Taylor Jenkins seems like a relatively quiet guy. Yeah, I think I, I like what you said a lot, Max, about um, everyone kind of telling Jaw the same thing, and. Like, I, I think he gets it. I saw his apology, yeah. and obviously you have to write that apology, but it seems genuine, and I think it is a big-time wake-up call for him, Um, and I, I at least hope it is. And I, I think he hears the advice that everyone's giving him, and it's going to be interesting to see how it affects the Grizzlies as a team because this is not something that just doesn't affect a team in a negative way. Like, this is a big distraction. Um. And even if he's not suspended for a long period of time, like this lingers and, and people talk about this and it, it changes, you know, the Grizzlies whole mojo is that they're, mm-hmm. you know, these like tough bad boys, these hood rats, like tough guys. And now, you know, Jaws getting in trouble for, you know, trying to act exactly like that. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't, I think um, it's going to hurt them honestly in, in this playoff run, because like I said, this is, this really can mess with their their mojo and their chemistry, I think. Yeah, I think we cover that well. I mean, as a group of three 20-year-old white dudes from New Hampshire, I'm sure Jaw doesn't give a shit what we think. So, I, No, we also I, don't know just, anything about the legality. Yeah, and it feels weird. Fuck. I feel it, 
it feels fucking dumb when I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing some like random person. I know I talk about how much I hate Twitter, but I'm on it all the time. But I hated like just going on and seeing random fucking dudes that are like our age just tweeting like, yeah, Jaw, you need to be smart and take into account all the money and everything. Like, yeah, he fucking knows. He fucked up. Um, but yeah, let's do we have any other NBA stuff or could we talk? Uh, Grant NFL? Williams missed two free throws. He needed to make one and he missed both to win the game. Uh, they so lost. now we're going to overtime. Oh, fuck. All right. I wish I could be. And Harden has 20 assists right now. Holy shit. Um, the Sixers have put up 141 points. Holy God. Uh, any other NBA or could we touch on NFL real quick? Oh, we can absolutely touch on NFL. Derek Carr to the Saints. What the fuck was that contract? Was that four years, 150? Might have been yeah. three. Or four, four, four. I think it was four, four, four 150. That's a terrible contract for him. You think? You think that's too I much mean, money? He's pretty media. I mean, I we like Derek Carr on the podcast, but dude, like, I heard a stat today from um, Ben Solak at the Ringer, and he was saying that they haven't drafted a quarterback since 1971. They drafted uh, Archie Manning. So, like, yeah. I think it's time to maybe either build through the draft or, um, I don't know, what you're doing is not working. I think it's a really bad move for the Saints. I don't yeah. think, you know, contractually that that's horrible. Like, I think that Derek Carr is worth around that. And, and QBs, whenever they sign, it's, it feels like they're overpaid. But when yeah. you compare him to all the other QBs, he's he's really not making, you know, that much more than he should. But I think for the Saints, like, they gave up. They've given up over the past like two or three years, a ridiculous amount of draft capital, they have nothing left. And this <laughs> they, they now really have nothing left to the point where like people are talking about the NFL changing like trade rules and how many draft picks you can give up because they're in trouble now. And, you know, it. we've seen teams go all in. We saw the Rams do it last year. We saw the Bucks do it, but this Saints team is not in a place where you go where Derek Carr makes you a Super Bowl contender. I know. Like he's not that much better to... than Jameis. I know. That's he's why better. I like he's better than Jameis. I don't want to hate on Carr. Oh. Like Carr can help a lot of teams. And I do think in a perfect situation, like he can be a Super Bowl quarterback. We've seen worse quarterbacks than Carr win Super Bowls. But on the Saints, they have a good defense and they have decent weapons, but you you need a way better roster than what the Saints currently have to go contend for a Super Bowl. Um, you know, against teams like the Chiefs and the the Bengals and the Bills and the Niners and the Eagles, like they're nowhere near those those top five teams or however many there are. Like they're they're gonna win the NFC South now and they're gonna be you know a, a playoff team for probably as long as Carr is there. I think they'll make the playoffs every year, but beyond that, like. At at best, they're they're reaching the NFC Championship, and I, I think most years they're probably losing in the second round. So yeah. I just don't get this. I, I think it kind of it almost sends them back, like in terms of, they need to rebuild, and and this just stalls what they need to do. So I don't I I hate the move um, for the Saints, even though they they are today a better football team than they were yesterday. Yeah, it's a bad story too because it's going to cause like this over over correction from one end where the player where people in the media are going to talk about how like Derek Carr's like how good he is because he's getting overpaid right now and then on the other hand people are going to kind of like diminish his value cuz he's a good he's a good player like we all agree that I just think the contract's bad so it makes it seem like like he's going to get talked about and ripped apart now more than he did before because of that um and I think people are going to forget that he is a good quarterback like Jordan said this is going to make them better but like <laughs> not going to put them over top. And then 
Secondly, this really fucks over the Giants, I think, because now Daniel Jones sees that contract. If I mean, I saw that they were tagging Saquon, which to me, I feel like you should tag Daniel Jones and sign Saquon because yeah. Daniel Jones is going to re- want that money that he's requesting. He was requesting something along the lines of this contract, and he played well for one season. I don't know if he's worth that contract, but he's now going to get it somewhere else due to that um, contract there. So that kind of puts the Giants in a tough spot if they don't franchise tag Daniel Jones. So, yeah, the contract, just so we're all on the same page, was four years, $150 million, $100 million of it guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, I think Derek Carr, like Jordan, I, I agree with you. I think Derek Carr is worth that money. I just think that it makes zero logical sense for the Saints to do that. Um, I know they have Olave, who is lethal. Right now, he had, he had a great rookie campaign. He was fucking really damn good. Uh, and their defense is solid, but it's like they're not there. They're not like they're not going to compete with these other teams in the NFC. Um, I know the NFC has been weaker, but um, they're they're just like they just don't have enough weapons. And it's going to and Max, you I agree with you, too. Like it's going to make Derek Carr look bad. Like it's going to like even though that he's a very good quarterback and we thought this year was kind of going to be his year to flourish. He was dealing with, you know, injuries. uh with his offense all year long. And I actually don't even think that we got to see the full, uh, you know, Raiders at their full strength, which is, was kind of sad because I really was excited uh, to watch them last year. Waller was out so much of the season. Um, obviously, Devontae was absolutely incredible, but, um, and they kind of figured it out towards the end of the year, but they had a really, really rough start. Um, and I think a lot of, you know, obviously due to the, due to the injuries that they had, but, um, I just don't think this is a great spot for Derek Carr. Obviously, he's getting paid, which is great, uh, but it's not going to make him look like a, you know, Pro Bowler quarterback, which I actually think he has the talent to be and ha- that he has been. I think he's been Pro Bowler three out of his six years, three out of his seven years, something like that. Uh, so he's been a Pro Bowl quarterback, um, but this is just, it's just, it just it does make a lot, a lot, a lot of sense for the Saints. Also, final thing, does this confirm Aaron Rodgers to the Jets now? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is doing, dude. That guy is just so yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, I, nothing is ever confirmed with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think. But yeah, it's, that's the best answer to that question. You're right. It definitely, it does increase the odds though, because Derek Carr was the pretty much the only other guy. I mean, they uh, told him they're going to make him a Hall of Fame quarterback if he came. So <laughs> I, Saints must have been offering something a little bit better. I can't imagine. Yeah. No. Um. Other quick news. Uh, Geno Smith got a bag. Uh, oh, Gino yeah. Smith got paid three years. That's the good deal. So you know, three years, hundred and five million extension for Gino. Uh, Jordan, quick thoughts: worth it? Not worth it? Worth it. Seahawks. I don't think had another move to make. I mean, I guess you can try and you know get a super high draft pick, but they're they're a good enough team that they can compete with Gino. I think I think you just keep Gino, but I don't know. Seahawks are in a weird spot too, where they might need to go into a rebuild. So right. Max, uh, wor- thoughts? worth it. I think this is the contract I would have liked to see Derek Carr sign with the saints. Like that's a much more comfortable contract. I know it's only a year less, but just keep, makes it, it's a little bit more flexible. Uh, my quick thoughts on that is uh, they're going to be, I still think just slightly above average. Um, I think if they got rid of Gino or didn't sign Gino to an extension, then that means rebuild. Uh, but they do have enough weapons to be competitive in the NFL and in the NFC for sure. Um, but overall, they're still not, you know, this does make them a contender. Yet. I'm still waiting for, you know, obviously the big free agent news with Lamar, 
uh, where what that's going on with him and then Aaron Rodgers as well. So I think, uh, and, you know, it's still very early. Uh, drafts coming yeah. up. Bears have the number one pick. They can do a lot of fucking cool things with that, uh, which is going to be really interesting to see. And you can catch it all here on the couch. We'll be uh, analyzing every trade, every big NFL trade uh, that goes on through the draft. We'll do a little draft preview coming up. So, yeah, uh, you guys have anything else to add or we all set? Jets add defense. They're all right. But, yeah, I think we're good. Jordan? All set. All righty. Thank you guys for listening and uh, see you in the next one. Peace.